Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Steam room. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to get pumped now. You're, you're, you're normally a little pumped even before you sit down in the chair. You, yeah, but you know, now I can see light at the end of the tunnel. What do you mean? The way my life worked, the first three months of the year are cakewalk. Mm-hmm. They're the cakewalk. You know, we work one day a week. That's easy. I get to play golf the other five or six days. And now all hell's getting ready to break loose. We go all-star game, March Madness, playoffs, and then summer. The yeah. most important time of the year when Chuck get four months off to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> I can see it coming. Hold it. But we're not even to the tunnel yet, and you're no. saying you're seeing light at the end of the tunnel. It seems to me like when we get done with March Madness and start into no. the playoffs, then you can see the light no, at the end of the tunnel. No, because it's two months of playoffs. You can't even see the tunnel yet, yeah. dude. Well, see, it's a good thing. I can play golf during the playoffs. We don't have to be to work at 8 o'clock at night, so I'm good. All right. March Madness is like a real job. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about the number one ranked team in the country. Oh, that'll be Auburn. Yeah. Okay. Are we going to go down that road again? Not, uh, Not every week. Hey, okay, we Alabama. Don't need, we don't need to do it hey, every Alabama, week. next time y'all come down to Auburn, don't bring some Kool-Aid. How we about drink, Bruce we, Pearl doing this the other day? You know, the old the the karate, karate kid. kid thing. Yeah, I saw yeah. Bruce Pearl trying to do it the other night as his, as his team. That was on. awesome. I'm proud wow. of my boys. Hey, number I, one ranked team in the world. Okay, we ready for first of all? Almost. Okay. Little gift for you. Oh, my goodness. About little, time. Little something for you. Chuck hey, Stern. guys, I've been waiting for this for three years now. Be a better human. Griffin Lee, my guys at uh, at uh, Combat Flip Flops. Hey, go over there and get some of this stuff at Combat Flip Flops. Yeah, check them out. They're a great organization. They've done a lot to uh, run by vets who uh, they've raised a lot of money for women in, wo- women in Afghanistan. Uh, shout out to my, my wounded warriors out there. Bless y'all, brothers. So there you Be go. Be a better human. Combat Flip Flops. Combat Flip Flops. Thank you, Ernie. Certainly. I mean, uh, so every three years, thank you. I know that's a lot from a guy who's never ordered anything online. Yeah, I was asking Kenny in the studio the other night, do you just call somebody at Amazon if you want to order something? Yeah, you said, do I need a contact at Amazon yeah. to order something? Uh, are you believing this guy? Crew, are we believing this I've guy? I've never ordered anything online. Yeah, well, I, so you wouldn't have had to wait hey, three hey, years. I'm a firm could... believer. If you're too lazy to go to the store, you shouldn't buy it. Okay, then where's the combat flip-flop store? No, it's no, online. No, you, you did this. It's online. You, you no. did this. But I'm just saying, I'm a firm believer. If you're too lazy to go to the store, you shouldn't be buying stuff. That's just me. All right. Okay. First of all. First of all, you know you have a lot of money when you get hunting nut Cheerios. I've had the regular Cheerios. First of all, you know anybody ride a motorcycle who makes millions of dollars is an idiot. First of all, zero plus zero is zero. First of all, we're going to talk about uh, the minority coaches with our special guest, Stephen, Stephen A. Smith. Smith. So I want to wait. That was going to be my first first of all. Okay. So I'm going to wait because that's a really important subject. So now you got to audible and go to your second one. Well, I just want to say Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the nicest athlete I've ever met, considering all he's accomplished. I've only been around him four or five times. I just want to congratulate him on the greatest football career ever. And he was on our podcast earlier this year. 
Is this from your respect for his game or from the man crush you have on him? He's a pretty man. I got a little man crush on him, but I got to give credit. The dude been in 10 Super Bowls. Yeah. That's crazy. 44 years old when he retired. That's 10, 1 7, been in 10. Yeah. And the three he lost are arguably three of the greatest Super Bowls ever, twice to the Giants and to my Eagles. So I just want to take a couple of minutes to say, uh, like I say, I've been around Tom because of my relationship with Coach Belichick and the Kraft family. And man, uh, he is the greatest football player ever. And I always tell people, football is different when you try to compare Michael and guys like that. You're talking about the greatest athletes ever. And I said, this dude deserves a lot of credit, but for the simple fact, if you got Shaq and Kobe, LeBron, Michael, Magic Bird, you got the best player in four out of seven games. In football, especially in the playoffs, every game is a game seven. Every game is a game seven. And to, to have the mental fortitude to always win when you're supposed to win and then come through to win seven Super Bowls and play in 10, that's incredible. And I just want to acknowledge him for, number one, just being an awesome dude. Everybody likes Tom Brady. Who, like, the guys who play with them, play with him, they love him because he treats everybody special. You ever call you babe? Babe, no. <laughs> he calls everybody babe. No, he's never called me babe. He's never uh, called you babe. He calls me Chuck. <laughs> yeah, he called me Chuck. Remember he told me to suck on that Chuck during the match? <laughs> Take a, yeah. I suck on that Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tom, how many shots you want? This Chuck. Chuck. Come on, man. I'm going to give you some shots, man. I want All some right. of you. Gotta get going. I think you just made him mad, Chuck. Oh, no. I love it, though, man. He, he can take a joke. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, no. yeah. oh my goodness. Oh, you made it. <laughs> wow. Oh. Take a second at Chuck. <laughs> wow. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey. Chuck. Hey, man. Chuck. I got that's all food. Shut your mouth, Chuck. Oh, Take a little of that medicine. Get your butt out here. Yeah, no. so I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, but one was, of the highlights of that telecast, yeah, okay, as a matter yeah, of fact, for you because he didn't continue. the shot, yeah, the shot yeah, it, it was. itself, and and the reaction to it. But I just want to acknowledge one of the greatest to ever do it, and uh, it's been an honor and a privilege to watch him play for the last twenty years, twenty-two years, I think it is. And the last thing I'm gonna finish up with a little fun. McDonald's. I love McDonald's. You know that, right? I didn't know that there was anything you enjoyed more than any other thing when it comes to eating. Well, but I, I like McDonald's. That's my fast food joint. I mean, Whataburger is good. See, here, here's in and this, out is to good. My, to my point, well, McDonald's. In-N-Out is in good. Whataburger is good. What but McDonald's burger. got the best fries. Sure. But they did something that I can't let them slide on. Uh-oh. They got a new sandwich. Well, they put... My precious fish fillet in between a double cheeseburger. And they call it surf and turf. It looks like the most disgusting thing. I'm not in for that, man. I'm telling you, Ernie, it looks like, and listen, you know, my, my pregame meals was two fish fillets and a large fry, and I washed it down with a Diet Coke. Mm -hmm. That's my pregame meal. Health nut. McDonald's, that's how big a fan. But my pregame meal, I ate two fish fillets, a large fries, and a Diet Coke. Tartar sauce on that fish fillet? Oh, come on, baby. Tartar sauce is one of the greatest things ever invented. Ketchup? Uh, yes. Ketchup and tartar sauce. No, no, no. You, you can mix them together. It makes a nice well, little so I, sauce. That's what I just said. I don't put it, uh, not on my uh, on my fish fillet. 
I put it on uh, all on my, my French fries. But that was my pregame meal when I played in the NBA back in the day. So I love your McDonald's. But this thing that y'all made where you get a double cheeseburger, you pick the bun, the two meats apart, and put the filet in the middle, maybe one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. So quit baking that. Quit making that. It doesn't look good. That's not a surf and turf. That is not my idea of yeah. surf and a turf. A surf and turf is a steak and a lobster. Please <laughs> stop. Wait until they stick a McRib in there, too, <laughs> just for the holidays. Hey. <laughs> hey, listen, I said like the McRib. Uh, in there with a fish fillet and two no, patties? No, no, no. I said like the McRib, though. How about a little piece of chicken in there? How about a couple of McNuggets in there, too? Get, Ernie, every, get a little bit Ernie, of everything off of the Ernie, off the menu. You, you really close to crossing the line, talking bad about chicken McNuggets. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not talking bad about the, that. I'm, the, say, I'm saying add those. You got the patty. You got the fillet of fish. Couple of nuggets. Another patty. No, no. a McRib. <laughs> the only thing you have to all in an artisan bun. The only thing you have to worry about with the McNuggets <laughs> is make sure you get enough of the barbecue sauces. Yeah, because the way I do it. One cup of barbecue sauce only lasts on two nuggets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not a whole lot in yeah. there. Yeah, so so I have to get make sure I get five barbecue sauces. That kills my ten piece McNugget. Mm -hmm. um, you, got, but, you get a straw with that too? No, I don't. Stop okay. it, Ernie. But listen, McDonald, I love you, but please, that's not a thing. That's not surf and turf. So please stop. Last thing on that. Yes, on the fries with all the ketchup. Yes. Are you a Ketchup on the side, or do you put ketchup all over the fries before you eat them? I put ketchup all over the fries. Sprinkle is that it. not a is that not a mess for you sometimes? No, I, I don't overdo it. I kind of glaze it. Oh, you don't overdo it, Mister yeah. Five Barbecue Sauce Containers. It's ten McNuggets. Yeah, you can't you can't have one cup of barbecue sauce for ten McNuggets. <laughs> you got to be able to. And first of all, if you eat one McNugget at a time, you're a pig. You have to take a chunk out of it. And dip it again and take it. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to eat it two bites per McNugget. I have a feeling you're going to McDonald's today after we do the podcast. I just have the feeling. No, you're not. just You're talking about it. I can see a little look in your eye. There's a little bit of drool coming out the corner of your mouth. I think you're going to be at McDonald's today. <laughs> not today, Ernie. I'm trying something new right now. Okay, what's that, Charles? So uh, <laughs> the last two weeks. Third of all. No. Uh, and I, listen, I'm not a doctor. So please go take this me. literally. I'm just, this is what I'm doing. I started it two weeks ago, and I've lost a ton of weight, as everybody can notice. You can see this is just stuff. It's a little six-pack coming in. I've been eating once a day. Um, I started it two weeks ago. There's a term for that kind of a... Some uh, type of fasting. Yeah. It's but like, it's debatable What is it called? Intermittent fasting. Yeah, intermittent fasting. But some people eat a couple times a day, mm -hmm. but I wanted to start out rough. So I've been, this is, I'm two weeks in now. I eat between five and eight. The entire time? No. <laughs> yeah. You got jumped. No, but I started about two weeks ago and I haven't cheated yet, Ernie. Ooh. Uh, I have not. I've, I've only eaten between five and eight. And one thing I've noticed, number one, I, I, the first week I was really hungry during the day. In the beginning, I was eating a large, a good amount of food during that for my dinner, but I'm starting to eat less, and I'm really starting to like it. I'm gonna do it for two months and see how it goes. Then I'm gonna alternate every other month after that. You know what? What is going to be the real test of that uh, five to eight for you? What's that? When we are in uh, 
New York for March Madness. And they have that food set out all day and they keep changing it. You know, and yeah. we have these little times of, hey, everybody take 10, take 15. That's uh, when I think, because like I say, during this entire two-week period, I have not snacked any at all. Wow, Chuck's good. Yeah. So when I get to March Madness, what I think I'm going to do, I think that I'm going to eat lunch and dinner only. Because like, you know, because we have, we're, we're not there for breakfast. Well, we, we, when we get to that old bogus meeting in the morning, I always grab like my peanut butter bagel. You know, that's like my favorite thing. So I'm going to do, because I want to keep my meals spread apart. So I'm going to eat probably 11 o'clock and 7 o'clock. I will be your accountability partner in New York. Oh, I wait, will, you going this year? I believe that's the plan. Okay, you know you, you. I don't know. You King Kong around here. You don't go all the time. Well, none of us went last year. We did it all from Atlanta. But sometimes you just leave Mister Gumble up there with us. Just last year. Oh yeah. Well, I then I come back and mm -hmm. I have to do the other shows out of Atlanta. But that first weekend, I'm always up there. And I'm telling you right now, I'll keep my eye on you. I'll keep you honest on that thing. I'll be like the little guy on your shoulder saying, no, Chuck. I'll tell you what. You I'll, don't need that cream I'm going to stand donut. naked for you when we get off the show, and you're going to be like, damn, Chuck, you're looking good. Mm. <laughs> are we still on the air? <laughs> <laughs> if we are, we'll be back with more. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith joins us. Fully clothed. Next. <laughs> We are back on the steam room and look, Chuck, I know we ha we like to have a relaxed conversation and you know, but sometimes we're on the clock. Yes. And we are on the clock right now. We've got 20 minutes with Stephen A. Smith, one of the busiest men in the world. No question. Thanks for giving us 20 minutes, Stephen A. Yeah. Ah, please, man. I, anytime, guys. How y'all doing? Good, man. Stephen A., listen. We appreciate you, man. You know we how much we love you, man. Listen, we got to get right into it. Sure. Let's talk about these black coaches, man. Yeah. What the hell is going on, man? Why can't they get any jobs? Now they're getting fake interviews. Now they're getting, allegedly, people asking them to lose. And we've been talking about this a long time. Where are you at on this? Because I watch you all the time, obviously. You know what? I, I, I think it's really come down to, you know, unlike basketball, where you have 12 to 15 men on a roster and you have an NBA league that's incredibly progressive in their thinking. And I'm not talking politics at all. Just talking about just being forward thinkers. You have a situation where the questions that the NFL has about African-Americans leading men, the NBA does not seem to have. There's no other way to slice it. When you take into account the fact that the Rooney rule, which is a rule that compelled NFL teams to interview black candidates for potential head coaching jobs, that the Rooney rule was implemented in 2003. And there were three black head coaches at that time. And here we are in the year 2022. There's one black head coach out of 32 teams. Four openings have been filled already. All of them have been white male individuals. The Jim Harbaugh situation in Minnesota, where he was interviewing for the Vikings job and he bowed out and announced that he's going to stay at Michigan. And the leading candidate for that job is going to be Kevin O'Connell for the Los Angeles Rams offensive coordinator. You could say that would make it five. And these guys have no head coaching experience whatsoever. And then you think about what a guy like Brian Flores has had to endure. What else is there? What other conclusion is there to come to? I think ultimately what it comes down to is that we have an abundance of owners in the National Football League, billionaires who don't take kindly to being told what to do, who want to do things their way, 
hire who they want, et cetera, et cetera, as most employers would do. And their mentality is, is that they don't give a damn about the issue itself. And if you happen to be a black candidate and they don't want you, they don't want you. And they're not going to look at the numbers. They're going to look at their respective team and they're going to say, we feel no obligation to address this. And ultimately, it comes down to questions that they have about black men being leaders of men in the National Football League. I think the numbers show that. Stephen, how much of the Brian Flores story, and this is not just the accusations in his lawsuit of racial discrimination and in, in hiring, but also the his revelation, which Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, denies, you know, that he's, you know, hey, here's $100,000 mm-hmm. for every loss as we tank. How much of this came as a shock to you? Well, the only thing that shocked me was the $100,000 offered per loss, allegedly. And it's incredibly important that we do what Charles did at the very beginning of this discussion, bringing up the word alleged, because we don't know. Just because Brian Flores has filed a class action lawsuit against the NFL and three teams, the New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, and he's made these allegations about Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, doesn't mean it's true. But it does raise an eyebrow. It's definitely something that needs to be investigated. And if found to be true, Stephen Ross has to give up ownership of the Miami Dolphins. You cannot have an ownership stake in an NFL franchise when you were encouraging your coach to lose on purpose to the degree where you offered payments per game for him to lose. That is just as egregious as it gets. It compromises the competitive nature of the sport. Roger Goodell himself would admit that as commissioner of the National Football League, and there's no way around that. What's alarming to me and what I said on first take um, on Thursday morning was this. I want to know if any white coaches were propositioned in similar fashion. We heard Brian Flores said it happened to him. We heard Hugh Jackson come out and say that Cleveland Browns ownership did the same thing with him. Were there any white coaches that were approached by an owner and told or insisted upon to lose games? And oh, by the way, I'll pay you $100,000 per game if you lose on purpose. If that is to happen, if that's true with Jimmy Haslam as well, he's got to go as an owner. But the reason I bring up the point about a white coach being propositioned in such a fashion is that what are black coaches complaining about, Ernie and Charles? What are they complaining about is this, the kind of situations we're placed in, how we're operating behind the eight ball, the challenges that we face that people don't see that's not equitable to what our white counterparts and contemporaries have to face. Just think for one second, if you're Flores, who's had a winning record, 10 and 6 the year before, 9 and 6 this past season, what if this guy said, okay, I'll take the money, and then he lost games on purpose? Like it appears Hugh Jackson has done. Hugh Jackson was 0-16 one season. Hugh Jackson had like a 3-36 and record in three seasons with the Cleveland Browns. He'll never get a head coaching job in the National Football League again. And so when you lose games on purpose, nobody's going to get into it. They're going to look at your record, and they're going to say your record is what you are. That's a bad position for a coach to be in and to be placed in. But in fairness, there's a couple things that concern me. Number one, tanking is not new. <laughs> We're in the NBA. We're in the NBA. Tanking is not new. But are we running the chance? And I saw you and Damien. Y'all had a great argument this morning. And, and he said something. The one thing we do as black commentators have to be uh, wary of mudding the water, talking about losing games, Brian has obviously said that he's saying that, and Damon had a great point. We're losing the perspective of what the problem is, not hiring black coaches. Are you concerned about that? 
Yes, I am. And that's why I piggybacked off of what he said and reiterated that point. And I'll keep beating that drum to make sure we don't lose focus, because at the end of the day, it is about the scarcity of African-American coaches that are being hired in the National Football League. That's what the bottom line is. But the reason why the Stephen Ross element is so important, even more important than the Giants pricking Brian Dable over Brian Flores and knowing they had done so three days before even interviewing Brian Flores, as egregious and problematic as that is for the NFL because of the Rooney rule and other factors, the Stephen Ross situation is incredibly alarming because of the proposition of the $100,000 offer per game's loss. We know that you're looking for draft position and you're not trying to win a couple of games here and there. That's par for the course. We get all of that covering sports. We understand that. But to go up to a black coach and to tell him to lose on purpose and we'll pay you $100,000 per game, that's definitely egregious. But it all pales in comparison to the fact that you got to address the bigger issue and not get lost in the shuffle. It's about the limited number of African-Americans that are getting head coaching opportunities in the National Football League. And it's also about the players themselves possibly being helped by some of their friends and contemporaries within the National Basketball Association to bring attention to these kind of issues. Because remember, they protested after the George Floyd murder. They protested. They made a lot of noise as well they should have about what was transpiring in our world. Well, this is right here in your world, in sports. This is right in your backyard. And if this kind of stuff is going on, especially since you somehow were able to address it in the National Basketball Association, you can certainly do so in the National Football League. And they may need to do so to make sure we don't lose sight and we don't lose focus of what the real issue is. And then when you look at this big picture, what you're saying basically, again, if the allegations are true, is that, yes, Yes, we will hire a black head coach and set him up to fail. Yes. And that's, that's entirely disturbing because this is going on your resume. And this, they ultimately say, oh, and actually, we're trying to uh, ultimately have him succeed by failing and by taking $100,000 yeah, to lose see, games. See, but see, to me, that, that, that's, to, yeah, that's but, troubling, that, Chuckster. Yeah, it, it's very troubling, but... He got to have proof of that. I know. That's what, that's what no, I'm saying. No, I'm saying if it all if it all pans listen, out that it, way. If it, it doesn't, if, then well, first of all, if it the pans story out, if it, changes. If it pans out that way, he got to sell the team. Number one, as well, yeah, as well Stephen pointed out, he can't be an owner. But let me tell you something. That's a serious charge to levy against somebody. No doubt. You better have proof. And I saw what Hugh Jackson's people said. He got proof. I'm a Brian Flores fan. To say that against that man, he better have proof. And then the, then the ball's going to be in Roger Goodell's court. Like, no, no, no. We cannot have you guys out here point-shaving. Y'all got to sell the team. They did it to the guy in Charlotte. And listen, I've been in this thing for 37 years. There's always been rebuilding. Teams trying to lose. Let's play the young guys. So I'm not yep. offended by the tanking thing. But I've never heard it. Being incentivized. incentivized. Yeah. Because I've said this about the NBA, I've always wanted to change the lottery system. When they were adding balls, when every time you lost more games down the stretch, I said, we're incentivizing losing. Just have the lottery. Every team have one ball and then let the chips fall where they may. Because most of the teams are out of it by the All-Star break. So they were deliberately trying to lose, just get more ping pong balls in the hooper. In the hopper, excuse me. <laughs> or in yeah. the hooper. Hey, Stephen A., I mean, you guys talk incessantly. I mean, this is what you do for a living. What else is hot on your mind right now in the world of sports? Well, listen, I'm looking at that. We got a Super Bowl coming up. Obviously, that's on my mind. But I think that this is definitely at the top of the list. And I just want to see 
uh, more play involvement. And I and I tell you what else is at the top of my list too. I think the whole Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons situation has really disturbed me. People think I'm I'm messing around. First of all, I don't do stuff. I tell these as as Charles would say, some of these idiots. It ain't for clickbait. I get enough airtime. I don't need more clicks. I don't need air. I don't need more airtime. My life is my life. I'm good. My point is is that I love the NBA. I love the game so much. And I've been involved in the NBA game for 30 years now. And to see a guy in Ben Simmons, again, we all take mental health very, very seriously. And we're not trying to diminish the importance of that. But it is important to note that there's a lot of people out there that don't believe that's what the issue is with him. They believe he just wants out of Philadelphia. That's why Charles said what he said. That's why uh, Shaq said what he said the other day. Because people are really questioning that. But you, you're going through the Players Association to pursue your money knowing you didn't play this year. That's problematic. You're Kyrie Irving. I understand. You're not against the vaccine, but you're not necessarily for it. You've made the decision not to get vaccinated. Okay, fine. But what if there's a game seven at the Barclays Center and you can't play? How about this? People in Brooklyn, a lot of traffic in Atlantic Avenue, a lot of folks struggling out here in the real world, losing their jobs, getting laid off, furloughed, et cetera. And you got some money and you decide to entertain yourself and you go to the Barclays Center. You know, because you want to see these guys play. Well, guess what? You play for the Brooklyn Nets and everybody gets to see him play. But Brooklyn in person, Brooklyn and New York, people don't think like that, but I do. And so when I look at it from that perspective, I understand it's entertainment. And I understand that, you know what, you have a right to think differently and to be deeper than just about a game. But in the same breath, think about what that game has afforded you to do. You've talked about yourself being the luckiest man in the world, Ernie because of the job that you have. Charles, you said the same thing, okay? You've even alluded to stealing money for crying out loud because of what <laughs> we do for a living. Well, damn it, that's the way I feel. That's the way I feel. I'm one of the luckiest dudes on the planet, and I know it. The one thing you're not going to have to be concerned about with me, with you guys or anybody else, is that we're going to show up to work. There's an expectation that comes with being in the position that we're in. And if we're not at work, there's going to be a damn strong excuse not to be at work. When I think about somebody like Kyrie Irving, I think about the fact that not what's going on with the vaccine. I think about how last year, after being off for 10 months, you played for two weeks and then felt you needed a break and just took off for two weeks because of the riots at the U.S. Capitol. What that got to do with you? You got to be kidding me. That's an excuse not to show up to work. These are the kind of things I take very seriously. And I think that the people that came before us, like Charles and others and you guys, and what you've done to uplift the game, I feel an inherent obligation to hold people accountable for continuing to uplift the game we so dearly love and cherish. And I'm not going to take a back step on that issue for anybody. That's how I feel. That's where I stand. And I will not change. You know, in your job, you got to be in heaven the last three weeks. These young quarterbacks in the NFL, I mean, the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen was a religious experience for me. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> and you come back with Joe Burrow. You got Tom Brady retired. And obviously, football is King Kong. What have the last three weeks been like for you? A sensation. I think it's the best three weeks of football I've ever seen. Is that the greatest postseason game of all time? Any sport? I think so. I, I would say this. Kansas City versus Buffalo was the greatest fourth quarter I've ever seen. For Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth like that was something sensational to behold. And the only thing that messed it up in some people's eyes is that Josh Allen was so sensational. It was a damn shame that he was sitting on the sidelines in overtime and didn't get to touch the ball. I'm not saying that the rules should be like college, where you're going back and forth, back and forth, and it seems never ending. But 
you should allow both teams to touch the ball once in overtime. Now, obviously, if they hadn't given up the touchdown, then they both could have touched the ball because a field, a field goal ain't enough to do that in the National Football League. And I get that. But if you score a touchdown like they did, Josh Allen never sees the ball, just like Patrick Mahomes never saw the ball three years earlier when Tom Brady had the ball against them in the AFC Championship game. And when you see such sensational play, you almost don't want it to end, but you know it has to end. It's just that you want it to end on the field. You don't want it to end with a coin flip with one team getting the ball and the officials, and you get to keep it away from the other team. But think about it. I mean, Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. And guess what, guys? We're saying this. And Lamar Jackson didn't make the playoffs. And Justin Herbert didn't make the playoffs. Imagine if they were in it too. Aaron Rodgers loses the divisional game to the San Francisco 49ers with one of the worst games of his career. Imagine if he was still playing. I mean, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, you just can't say enough about it. It was fantastic. Who you got in the Super Bowl? I haven't decided yet. It's that close. Because I think that Burrow and Jamar Chase are superstars. They can pull it off. But Matthew Stafford, with Odell Beckham Jr. making a resurrection and reminding us all of what he could do and what he brings to the table with this kid, Cooper Cup, who's an all-world kind of player, with Sean McVay calling the plays and being as great as he is at doing so, with the Rams playing on their home turf at SoFi in Southern California, Los Angeles. I think it's going to be a great game. We're just going to have to wait and see. And I will say this. I'm leaning towards the Rams only from this standpoint. When Cincinnati played Tennessee, Tennessee got to Joe Burrow nine times. And he's still hung in there, brother. I, I know he's still hung in there. He got it done. But what you going to do if Aaron Donald and those boys and Von Miller and them can get at you like that? That's going to be interesting to see. Hey, let me ask you this one question. I'm just a fan. Mm -hmm. How in the hell is Cooper Cup always open? I know. I know that. I I've asked that question. And what he does after the catch, too. He's unbelievable. Man. Here's my response to that. We may have joked around and heard a movie and, and see a movie named White Man, Can't White Man Can't Jump. We ain't never said they can't run. Remember that. That brother could <laughs> cup fly. He's unbelievable. He's, he's a baller. He's a, he's a baller without question. Uh, he's something sensational. And that's why Matthew Stafford targets him all the time. Hey, I'll simplify your, your uh, prognostication process here for the Super Bowl, Stephen. It's a year of the Bulldog, man. Georgia Bulldogs and Matthew <laughs> Stafford. There you go. That's, that's, where, that's all you got to know. The Georgia Bulldogs locked up. I mean, stop, the, the, stop, I mean my stop. Alabama was down two receivers. Two receivers, Ernie. Two of them. No, no, no. Uh, stop, stop it. Stop it. Because you know Stephen A. Stephen O. Let me tell you something. Ernie. I hate, yeah, I went to Georgia. Class I, of 78. I, I, I know that. But Stephen A. be making me so mad <laughs> because he said, he said those two words all the time. It drives me crazy. You didn't get to say it this year, brother. What you were. You know what it is. What you were. I don't say it, brother. Alabama roll time. There you go. <laughs> Hey, last Rosa. thing, last thing is we stick to our time limit with you. Yeah. Look, we, we all heard your description of what you went through with COVID. You look great. Yeah. You sound great. We're happy that you're back. But I know that that is a, uh, man, that is a chapter of your life that um, share with folks, if you can, in the time we got left, yeah. what that was like. I, you know, it was, it was a little bit, it was scary. It wasn't a little bit, it was scary. It was frustrating. I went to get an endoscopy in mid-December because I was having some problems with my throat. And they found out that my entire esophagus was inflamed. Acid reflux had done so. And so they gave me some medication. COVID piggybacked right off of that 24 hours later. 
And it was the night that the Kansas City Chiefs were playing the Chargers at SoFi Stadium, the thrilling game. And Travis Kelsey had scored the winning touchdown. That night, at around 11th, fourth quarter of the game, I had a fever. And it was like I had one of those oxygenated things to measure all that stuff and what have you. And my fever, and I had 102.7 degree fever. I was sweating bullets. You know, the first week or so, it was pretty bad. I worked Christmas Day from home with COVID because that was an important day for our NBA countdown show. And then I got significantly worse. And the next week to week and a half, it was so bad. Every night, my fever was over 103 degrees. I would wake up in a pool of sweat as if I jumped into a pool, taking a shower just to watch the COVID sweat and smell off of me. Um, I was hallucinating. And then my breathing was getting more and more difficult and the medication that they had given me wasn't working. I had gone to the hospital once. I had gone to the hospital twice, checked myself in for two days. Then I got so frustrated, I just got up and left because they were giving me the same things that I was taking at home. Even though the doctors were great, they were just saying it was COVID. That's what you got to go through. And then New Year's Eve was when it really got scary because, you know, the head doctor at the, uh, at the emergency room looked at my x-rays and stuff like that. And she said, where's your family? We need to call them. This is not good. And come to find out, I had pneumonia in both lungs. Uh, my liver was damaged. And they told me, had I not been vaccinated, I probably wouldn't be here. That, you know, that's what they said. I know that everybody's different. My sister, she smokes. Uh, she got COVID. She was fine in four days. Other people that I know, asthma, they were fine in three or four days. Me, it almost took me out of here. You know, my message to everybody is that we know the virus is real. We know the pandemic is real. Consult with your doctors, follow their advice, do what's best. Although I haven't met one single doctor that has advised me not to take the vaccine and to get a booster shot. But in the end, the very least you could do is wear a mask because the person next to you may be significantly more detrimentally affected by it than you are. You don't know how it's going to affect the next person. And because of that is why at the very least you should be considerate of others and wear a mask because as Americans, at the end of the day, that's what we do. That's what we're about. Regardless of our troubles and our trials and tribulations, in the end, as a nation, why we're so prominent in the world is because we know how to come together and look out for one another. So let's just remember that and do the best that we can. We are grateful, Stephen A., that uh, Thank you, you, shared, you shared that story Thank and you. that, uh, and that uh, man, you're looking great, sounding great. Don't ever lose that voice, man. And, and I mean that <laughs> in, a, in a physical standpoint and from a professional standpoint. Don't lose that voice. Thank man. you, man. Love you guys, man. Happy to be here, man. All the best to you. That was awesome. I've said this before. We were doing this stuff with George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey, and man, it's exhausting being black. It's something that always coming up. You sit at home, minding your own business, and then somebody hits you in the head. And being a limelight black person, you have to comment on it. Man, I, I just hope these black coaches get an opportunity. I said it on the arena. I want some black coaches to get the job. If they suck, they get fired, but they deserve an opportunity, plain and simple. Back with more on The Steam Room, right after this. Legendary. <laughs> long wow. time. Long time works. Producer oh. inside the NBA. What does a producer do anyway? Just Produces. Out. Yeah, just hang like out. What? 
produces, like, kind of maps out the show. Here's the way it's going to go tonight. Here's what we've got. Let's play this here. Let's do this here. Isn't that what Fiorello and Jeremy do? Well, Jeremy is a producer. Okay. Fiorello's Dave is a, a director. director. Yes. He's more concerned with the look of the show and cutting cameras and that kind of thing. Oh, my God. Three guys who do absolutely nothing. Sounds like to me. Uh, Tim Kylie is here, and Charles, who's been in TV now for 20, what, 22 years? 21. 21 years still trying to figure out what a director and producer. Well, and then when I would talk to him, Ernie, he'd always look up straight up in the sky like uh, we used uh. to tell him he's not up there. So talking to, when they talking, he God's talking, y'all. That's it. You would, you would say something in Chuck's ear and he would answer you, even though it had nothing to do with the conversation <laughs> exactly. we were having on the set. I heard you, TK. <laughs> All TK says to me, don't curse, Chuck. Don't curse, Chuck. That's a, what a great producer. Chuck, That's don't it. curse. That's it. Hey. When we first started, that was the most important thing he could tell you. We, we, we weren't made then. Now we're, you said diplomatic immunity earlier. We, we got a little of that. Well, so I appreciate it. What's no, on your mind nice today, to... Legend? Well, I just wanted to ask Chuck how many episodes of Shark Tank he's been on. One. One. Yes. Okay. We have an answering machine. I know I'm a little early on that, but we have an answering machine asking a question about that. Okay. If you have that, Cap. Uh, hey, Chuck. Hey, Ernie. Uh, my name is Stu Hale. I'm a student at the University of Oregon studying business and advertising. I got a question today specifically for Chuck. So a few years ago, you were on another one of my favorite shows, Shark Tank. Uh, one of the companies that you didn't invest in was called Manscaped, and they recently went public, I think, for an over $1 billion valuation. I'm curious if you have any regret passing on that deal. $1 billion. It, it yeah, that was a B, wasn't it? It was a B. Well, I don't Manscaped. Hold on. Let me hear that again. I don't manscape. Cap, you have evidence of that. He said this on the show. We have really crafted the only kit you would ever need to literally get started from a manscaping position. So wait, all of America and the world wants to know, Charles, do you manscape? <laughs> Not a day in my life. <laughs> okay, now hang on before you go any further. Roll the next one. Right. Ain't no sorry, shame America. In, I, there ain't no shame in my game. I get my eyebrows done. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Just for the record, I get other things waxed. Oh, man. I'm out of here. I get my eyebrows waxed. That's it. What did you also say <laughs> in the clip that he just played? That, that's, not, that's, not what mansca that, that's not what that manscaping thing is for. It's for other body parts, Ernie. Well, what did you mean when you said that's not the only thing? Oh, that was a joke. First of all, and just for the record, America, I was getting some bad vibes around here from Tara August, Shadeo Castro, that my eyebrows are out of wax. So I don't get them waxed anymore. I get them threaded. I get them threaded. Because I don't want anything to mess up the moneymaker. So I get my eyebrows threaded. How uh, long does it take to thread eyebrows? Yeah. Five to seven, ten minutes. What is threading? They use this little thread and they pluck all the wild <laughs> hairs out. God. And how's that feel? Oh, it ain't the most. It's not the most. So you can only take you only you can only take five to seven minutes of that. No, it's only it's only like it takes five to ten minutes at the at the most. Depends on how many eyebrows you got or whack. But that's so you only uh, have two. Uh, no, no, no. For some reason, as I've gotten older, my eyebrows and hair in my ears, <laughs> it's just going out of whack. I have to shave my ears now. That's that's it's a getting great old. Thing. Ain't no joke. Oh, I know, man. No, but I'm telling you though, <laughs> yo, you you with me on that? Oh, for goodness sake, how yeah. Come, how come the other day you said you just got done getting your back waxed? Uh, yeah, I get my back waxed, too. We're starting to count up stuff here. No, no, no. I, that's not what the manscaping's for. 
Okay, what's the manscaping for, Chuck? Just look down, Ernie. Just look down. No. It's for your shoes? It's halfway home, brother. <laughs> halfway home. No, but um, so like, because Cuban asked me that, and I says, I've never manscaped. Like, yeah, I do my eyebrows and my back, but I, that's the only thing that I've touched on my body from a manscaping point of view. But also, in fairness, now, don't forget, they turn down ring also. Nobody bats a thousand on that show, but. So you got a hairy back? Yeah, just up top. Right. Taco meat on the front. Yeah, right? my it's daughter used to say to me, Dad, you got a little, you're trying to shave your back. You got a little afro growing back there. <laughs> so I shave my back every couple of months. So you shave it or you have it? Done? I have it waxed. Okay. At, at waxed. And how's that feel? Threading uh, and waxing your back, uh, pain scale. They're uncomfortable. They're not. Do you ever yell out Kelly Clarkson? Oh, Kelly Clarkson! <laughs> like Steve Carell did in. Uh, the 40-year-old virgin? Didn't you ever see that? <laughs> I, I, when he gets I, his chest waxed? <laughs> uh, okay, I remember that now. Yeah. But no, I well, have not. I don't scream out, Ernie. I'm a, I'm a man's yeah, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's good, Chuck. Hey, wouldn't, you know, one thing we need on the show, Ernie, is a, is a sponsor to pay all Chuck's McDonald's bills. So we have a new one, and unfortunately, they've, they've asked me to do a live read, which you know. Whoa, oh, there's a lot of pressure here. Is this really? Yeah. Is this really a sponsor? A well, live this is read. Our new sponsor. Okay, because so, I want to say something about something that happened on the show a couple weeks ago that's been pissing me off. You want me to wait? No, go. Okay, so America, y'all know I love Subway. I want to order two things at Subway, the spicy Italian and the turkey. A lot of food in this show. No, no, no. It's the, all the, food. The, the only two things I order. But I stick by my original statement. I'm not eating tuna fish from strangers. I'm not eating chicken salad from strangers. I don't care how good a restaurant is. I'm not eating. Unless my grandmother made it and I saw it or I made it, I'm not eating tuna fish or chicken salad that a stranger made. Okay. Well, chicken on the sea is not a sponsor well, now. So. Who is... Uh... You know, who hasn't, you know, when when growing up had a, a parent tell you, hey, don't take tuna fish from strangers. Seriously, man, I'm not going to a place I don't know how long the tuna fish been sitting out. I you mean, you go to restaurants you, all the time. You don't know the stuff that they've got in restaurants that may, you know, may have been sitting out, well, but, they, but they, you trust them. They, they cooked it. They cooked it. I'm, not, I'm talking about any place. They probably made the tuna fish in the morning. And if you go in there at four o'clock in the afternoon, the tuna fish it's been a little sitting funky. there. Thank you. All right. You ready for a new sponsor? Yes. All right. What's up, loyal steamers? Ernie's favorite holiday, or one of his favorites, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And our new sponsors at Manscaped are here for you. They have the best tools to get you ready, Chuck, for this special occasion. The holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package? With the best tools available, the Performance <laughs> Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs. It makes each and every day just a little more special. I don't know if I can read this. Yes, you can. You're this doing great. This package also includes the Weed Whacker, a trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code STEAM20 at manscaped.com. Chuck, join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Wow. <laughs> hey, Manscaped. Thank you for the support of the steam room. Thank you for the support of the steam room. 
And number one, that might be the best promo ever written. <laughs> it is, isn't it? That's the best promo ever written. That guy, Steven Spielberg, whoever he is. Uh, uh, let me tell you something. That is, that is the weed whacker. The weed whacker. The weed whacker. And what's that? Get your get your package. Get your package, get your package <laughs> ready. Ready to shoot you. <laughs> shoot your wow. arrow. To shoot. Wow, that is tremendous. I don't know that the line was actually get your package ready to shoot your arrow. I think you kind of edited things. That's what he said. That's all right. He got it. He got it. He got the joke. I think those were a couple of lines apart. (laughs) Well, Chuck, are we getting free stuff for this? uh, I don't know. We should get something free. I hope so. You got a lot of pull around here. I mean, yeah, okay. I really appreciate it. They, you know, you know what? It was a father and son, if I remember correctly. Mm Mm-hmm who came on Shark Tank. Uh, they were really, they really nice. Like I say, and the thing that's funny, I went around asking my friends about manscaping. And some of them actually did it. Are you going to tell wanted... us who it was? No, I'm not going to embarrass Roy Green <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, what, like, give give us Roy Barry, Green face. Uh, uh, Roy Green, Marcus Allen, Eric Dixon, they all manscaped. That's it. There it is. There it is. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yo, man, y'all manscaped. Breaking like, news here yeah. on the steam room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Marcus and Eric You're Dixon and Roy Green. Chuck. Those are three, three guys who manscaped, three of my friends. Well, I think, you know, one of the greatest things you can do, and obviously – uh, Subway pays you, obviously, for all the all the work you've done on their commercials. But you also are a customer. Oh, I go a lot. Yeah, but well, I, but I get... now we've got manscaping. So join Cupid. What? Join Cupid and shoot your pa- arrow. You know, patronize our sponsor. <laughs> I got to figure out what I can use the manscaping for. <laughs> like, uh, but seriously though, I love. I, I actually do go to Subway quite a bit. It's been fun to work with those guys. But yeah. like I say, still, I go eat no tuna fish from a stranger. Yeah. Manscaped. Oh, there you go, Ernie. <sighs> We're moving on. Wow. That was quite the segment right Ernie, there. Ernie, you know, you seriously, with your facial hair, they can do a lot for you. All right. Yeah, I would. No, they got great shaving stuff. Yeah. Chuck and EJ yeah. in the steam. Chuck yeah. EJ. Shoot okay. your, hey, we'll just keep it from the neck up for me. You got to shoot that arrow, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> You've just listened to the most uncomfortable segment of the steam room in three seasons. <laughs> and we're glad you did. Patronize our sponsors, won't you? Yes, please. <laughs> You'll feel like you've got the entire package. <laughs> yes. That's why you're here, Ernie. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Come and join us in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. Back here on the steam room as we wrap things up. In the traditional way, with uh, I just hope they're nicer than it was a few weeks ago. Machine. I can pretty much guarantee you they will not be, and I don't think you should be surprised after what I would think many uh, in our listening audience would uh, consider incendiary comments. Incendiary, incendiary comments. They were fiery about the fact that, in your opinion, playing basketball with a sprained ankle is tougher than. Giving birth. Giving birth only lasts a couple minutes. No, it doesn't. Run up and down that court 
with a high anchor spray. Maybe I should put high anchor spray in there instead of a regular You're, anchor spray. I think rather than make it worse, let's just uh, <laughs> let's listen to folks who called 404-987-0330 to let the Chuckster know they're listening. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Hey, Charles. This is Amy from Mississippi. I just have to go against what you said, that playing basketball with a sprained ankle was the worst pain ever. Have twins and no epidural and push for 40 minutes with the first child. Then you can come talk to me. Hey, Chuck. I think you should watch a few of those videos before you open your mouth. Because I was in labor for 24 hours, so you can take that and stick it, sir. Hey, Charles. Chelsea here, fellow Auburn grad, big fan. Usually have your back. But I heard what you said about playing basketball on a sprayed ankle being more painful than childbirth. And I just want to make sure I got this right. Aren't you the same guy who missed games because you actually got some sunscreen in your eye at a concert? Just making sure. Have a good one. <laughs> hey, Charles. I wanted to call and tell you that there's really nothing more painful than childbirth. But then I got to thinking about it, and I realized there is maybe one thing, and that is listening to you sing karaoke. <laughs> These. Michael Kaplan, that was a great job of whittling wow. down what I'm sure were 18 billion phone calls. These women are sensitive. They're so they, sensitive. They, they just, they sensitive they just, obviously, Chuck, you were kidding. Come on, ladies. You know I'm just having fun on a stupid podcast. <laughs> I stupid? Mean, what do you mean, stupid? I'm going to call Chuck's answering machine. Ladies, I admire anybody who have kids. My daughter's going to have my first grandchild in six weeks. I'm really pumped about that. I have been in the delivery room before. I'm just joking. Don't be sensitive, ladies. Come on, we're just trying to have some fun. That One lady's lying about the 24 hours. No, I don't think so. No, you can no. Don't take twenty four hours to pump out a little puppy. Come on, stop it. Yeah, you're just trying to create content for uh, the next. I'm just saying. Oh, you do is go, <clears throat> just push a couple times. I trust me. I watched that it. was probably like I, one I, of the I, worst impersonations I, of childbirth. I watched Chicago Fire. Uh huh. Ate a little cup of babies in the back seat. Just pump, push, push, and it's over. In 60 minutes. That's why I With got, limited commercial interruption. That's where I got my information from. Chicago Fire and Chicago <laughs> Med and Chicago PD. They've had a couple of babies. Now. It's all over in 60 minutes. Wish I could say the same for this, but <laughs> we have another call. Uh-oh. Hi, Chuck and Ernie. Kendra from Virginia. I have two questions. First of all, happy birthday. February is your birthday, mine, and my dad's. My dad doesn't listen, but it meant a lot to him recently when you took a stand against anti-Semitism. He even bought a shirt that says hashtag Charles Berkeley, which makes no sense. And at the same time, it's perfect. He always tells me to laugh more. So when is the time you laugh the hardest? Also, I once created a homemade line of NBA themed cupcakes purely for my own enjoyment because I was living in North Dakota at the time and they wouldn't have been big sellers. Yours is called the Round Mound of Rebound, chocolate with ganache and orange and purple dyed coconut. But if you had to choose, what's your favorite birthday treat? Thanks, guys. Stay well and appreciate the laugh. Well, uh, number one, they don't eat cupcakes. And thanks for the call. They don't eat cupcakes in, she said, South Dakota? I think she was talking about NBA oh, and okay. Uh, okay. cupcakes. Okay. Uh, number one, uh, thank your dad for the kind words. Listen, the one thing I will promise you, I will always do, if I see any discrimination going on, I'm going to say something about it. 
obviously being black, that's uh, at the forefront, anti-Semitism, anti-Asian hate, uh, anti-gay hate, anti-transgender. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, I love my gay friends. I love my transgender friends. I'm always support them. But uh, number one, I'm always stand up for that. I don't care who likes me or dislikes me. I'm never, because you can't pick and choose. That's what my grandmother always said to me. You can't say, well, they can discriminate against that group. My grandma, the greatest person ever in my life, said, hey, stand up for everybody. Don't stand up for somebody. Stand up for everybody. So thank you and your dad for the kind words. Uh, so as far as treats, most people know I really only eat lemon on a consistent basis. Anything lemon is right up my alley. I, I thought that uh, possibly a red velvet cake. Oh, red velvet. I will eat red velvet cake, but how many people make red velvet cake? That's the lovely Cheryl Ann. Every time she makes a red velvet cake, I eat two pieces. And when she, what's those crazy things she make for Christmas? Oh, the haystacks? The haystacks, yeah. Woo. Cheryl Ann can make some uh, some really great, some, some great, uh, the haystack, the red velvet is awesome. But I'm talking about in everyday life. If I go out to a great restaurant, if they have something lemon, Chuck is all in. Mm -hmm. But And that's pretty much the only dessert I'll eat or treat I eat, anything lemon. How about a bread pudding? Uh, it has to be a really good bread pudding. Uh, it can't be just like hard bread. So one of my favorite There's meals. There's a difference between hard bread and bread pudding. Yes, yes. But And I've had some bad bread pudding, but if you get it at the right place. But one of my favorite things is in Philadelphia, they have these tasty cakes. Yeah. So I'll, I'll crack up two of them, them lemon uh, cakes, and get them a little warm and then put some vanilla ice cream on You're them. starting to get that little drool Ooh, I just You're thought about that right now. <laughs> I just thought about that. Breaking those two lemon cakes up and put them in the microwave for a couple seconds and then put that vanilla ice cream on there and let it melt. Oh, man, you talk about heaven. You get a little crust. You get that lemon filling. You get some vanilla ice cream. Take me now, Lord. Are I'm you going to make it to 5 o'clock today before you eat? Yeah, of course. I don't know. No, I'm good. <laughs> I know. I, you know, the thing is, I never eat breakfast anyway. So now I, I'm really just going without lunch. So now I just say, hey, do something, do something. And then once I get past that little window for lunch, I'm good. I'm totally shocked. Like I say, it's been two weeks. I have not eating out of turn one time because I made up my mind it's time for me to get my fat ass in shape. I'm tired of being fat. I'm getting older. Like my doctor said to me, you see a lot of fat young people. You don't see no fat old people. That's my goal for this year, to get my health together. And we applaud you for that, and you look great. Thank you, and, brother. And, and I can say that without you yeah. needing to disrobe in front of me. I'll take your word you don't for want it. A second you opinion? look good. You don't want a second opinion? And you're going to look really good with that be a better human. What's my man, Griffin? Griffin. Yeah, Griffin Thank Lee. Thank you, Griffin. Griffin Lee. Keep up the work with those vets, brother. Yes, indeed. Very good. Hey, that's it for uh, this edition of The Steam Room. Thanks to Stephen A. Smith for stopping by. Yes. Always good to talk to him. And uh, and we hit him up on short notice, Chuck, yes. you did. And so uh, we appreciate that. Thank you, brother. Um, and we look forward to next week's uh, edition. Y'all be safe. And we'll uh, talk to you next week. <laughs>